Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. I'm excited to have you and excited to have my guest, CG Ruthless. What's up, CG? What's going on, man? Uh, doing great. You know, just appearing on your show, man. This is the first time I've ever gone on your podcast. Yeah, I haven't had it very long. I've been on yours at least twice. And so uh, that was always fun. And so I definitely, when I started this, I don't know, two or three months ago, definitely wanted to get you in here. So I appreciate you making the time. And I want to jump in because we've got uh, a little bit of draft stuff that I want to talk about, but we also have 49ers quarterback stuff to talk about and rookie mini camp starting tomorrow. So I uh, want to get into that. The schedule comes out probably probably in about an hour but it's been leaked some some of the some of the the games have already been leaked so we'll talk about that for a little bit but let's jump right into the draft tell me tell me which draft picks you loved and which you weren't crazy about which one i like uh there's quite a few of them i really like but if i had to be honest so all bias or homers aside i gotta say brandon willis like it just seems like a perfect fit. Seems like he should have been drafted a little higher. Um, it's because he played at Oklahoma, and plus he can block. He can do mm-hmm. everything that's asked to do. Um, as far as the other pick that I wasn't too big on, you don't draft kickers early. So <laughs> Jake Moody, I'm hoping he's good, but you don't ever draft kickers early in the draft. I don't care if he's the best in the world, if he can kick a 70 or 80 yarder, man, you wait until the late round. Like Justin Tucker is one of the best kickers and he's undrafted. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, rookie kickers don't normally do that well, their rookie season. And for a team that hopes to be playing some really big games in, and you look back at how Robbie gold, was Mr. Clutch in the playoffs. And and so now you're turning that over to a kicker. Last year, people were freaking out that they were turning it over to a second-year quarterback. But uh, here we are turning it over to a rookie kicker. Uh, so let's hope that he makes some big kicks. I'm with you on Braden Willis, um, not just because he's an Oklahoma guy. Uh, I know you and I both are, are, are sooner sooner guys. So, uh, so I was happy to see that. But this kid's legit. And I think I, I agree with you. He should have been higher because you know he, they didn't use him in the passing game that much, but uh, he has a lot of skill in that in that category. Yeah, he started ascending in Oklahoma because in Oklahoma they had a couple other tight ends, and then their offense wasn't much throwing the ball to him as much. So like he was asked to block a lot, and then. His last season, which, you know, the COVID year was kind of like what it was. So he had eligibility to go for the fifth year. So this was one of his best seasons if he was given the opportunity. And he showcased that he could be a dependable receiving tight end and block and do the dirty work. So when I seen this guy play, I said, he's got he's got the ability to be a really good tight end at the next level. But um, they're just questioning his, his, like his weight. He'll get bigger in no time. I mean, I don't know what his 40 times is, but I think it's more of a four five mm-hmm. just by the way he runs those routes. Like when he runs those routes, it's a lot quicker than Cameron Latou, which, you know, that's another comparison. You know, that other pick caught me by surprise. You know, I think Braden's a little better than Latou. 
You know, you're really spot on with the uh, w- with the forty time because he was asked. I, I think that I think that he spoke to some beat writers today, and uh, and I think that he said that he, he he didn't run at the combine, and so they asked, "What do you think you would run?" And he said that he thought he'd be four or five. So. Um, so that's good call. Uh, you're spot on there. Did you see what Scott McLuhan wrote about some of the 49ers draftees? Yeah, I heard him talk about Camilla too. And the comparison of my favorite Titan of all time, Tony Gonzalez. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's a little off, but I can see where he's coming from because Tony Gonzalez wasn't the fastest Titan either. And he was a red zone. Like if you check out his production coming out of California, his breakout season was 699 yards. I think he had a pretty good amount of touchdowns. But Latou, he switched from linebacker to tight end the last two seasons. He's gotten better, but he's just not that guy that just runs those routes kind of like Braden does. But I feel like when Scott McLuhan has high praise of this kid, he must really like the potential because, I mean, he's only going to get better with the position. And then – he mentioned something about Jalen Graham. Like, I think he really likes this pick. He thinks this guy can make the team as a special teamers and maybe potentially compete for that starting job down the road. Yeah, he said that he gave Jalen Graham a fourth-round grade two years yeah. in a row. So for a guy that was taken, like, fourth to the last or something like that, I, I, don't, I can't remember exactly where he was at. But uh, McLuhan said, nobody else liked him. I kept saying, what do you mean? He's out there making plays. So uh, he really liked him, uh, said that Graham reminded him a lot of Aziz Alshire. Um, Mm. He's not fast, but uh, McLuhan said that he has terrific eyes and that he reacts quickly and that his five-yard closing speed is excellent. So um, he really really like they said, I'm telling you, this cat's got a change of direction. He's got instincts. He's got eyes. And he's got pass rush, too. So on third down, he can put his hand on the ground. So that's high praise from a guy. Now, McLuhan's not perfect. Nobody is. Even Bill Walsh made mistakes. Um, But, you know, McLuhan did draft Kentuan Balmer. uh, So, you know, that's a bad pick. But, listen, he – he built the team that Jim Harbaugh took and, and almost won the Super Bowl and was in the NFC championship game three years in a row. Scott McLuhan built that team. And, yeah, yeah, and so yeah. I recognize that, uh, that, uh, you know, he, he left in, in 2010, but the bulk of that team, the core were, were guys that McLuhan brought in. Oh yeah. Like if you talk about the 2007 draft class, McLuhan had one of the best draft ones of them all because you had other guys like Willis. You had what is it, Joe Staley, which he was our starting mm-hmm. tackle. Yep. And then you had a, an offensive lineman on our. Uh, I mean, like, wait, we had another player coming in, which was um, our other starting was cornerback was Terrell Brown, yep. which he eventually became our starter, and I believe Golston was like in the fourth round, became mm-hmm. our starting safety. And then all the other guys we had on our team, they were all guys that contribute. So it's like, I think he had one of the better draft class, but I think what really kind of stood out about the last time he was with the Niners was, I think the 2011 draft class, I think he took, I think uh, Trent Boki took some of that off of him. Well, yeah, McLuhan left in 2010, and then Balky drafted that 2010 class that included Mike Yapati and Anthony Davis. But... 
McLuhan left right before the draft. So he had already established the board and everything. So yep. Balky was just making McLuhan's picks. That's when they picked Navarro Bowman uh, as well. So then in 2011, that would have been Balky's first one. And Balky had a good draft that year. Um he kind of went downhill after that, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, what his what his issue was, but uh, he he was good that first year, but then he stunk after that. So I really trust what McLuhan says. Here's what he said um, about Cameron Latu. Um, <clears throat> said that he scouted him for three years. He's a work in progress, but he competes. And so the part that you were talking about was where he where he said it, it was like watching Tony Gonzalez run routes. You could tell he was a basketball player. You see how smooth he was. Yep. You can see his flexibility, his movements in and out of the break. So yeah, he was he was pretty high on him. But the cool thing is that Cameron Latu averaged fourteen point one yards per Gosh. reception. So every time he caught the ball, it was a first down, practically. So that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah, you know, when you talk about those two draft prospects, like, okay, Jalen Graham was another guy I was pretty high on on some of my mock drafts. I had him in the fifth round, and it was crazy. He slide. But then when you're talking about Cameron Love, too, I had him more of a like a project. Like, mm-hmm. I just thought he still needs to learn the position. He's still new to it, so it, he'll only get better. But, man, it may sound some fl- – I may get some flack for this comparison, but I don't know about the Tony Gonzalez. Remember Blake Bell, who switched from quarterback yeah. to tight end? Remember mm-hmm. how he had to switch that position? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hopefully it's better than than that. But Oh, yeah, I hope so because Blake Bell was not good in the NFL. But maybe Latu would be a lot better than expected. But I just thought when you look at the comparisons, I just thought man, it just seems kind of like how, how they did with Blake Bell. Yeah. Um. He also spoke, um, as we talked about on Braden Willis, he, um, he's pretty high on him, said that he, that he's a really good pick, especially for where they grabbed him. Thought he was, um, a great value value there. He said that he's a big receiver right now. What you're hoping for is that he turns into a tight end. His saving grace was the senior bowl hands down that put him on the map because it showed his athleticism, but that's what he is a seven on seven, one-on-one guy. In 11 on 11, unless he's flexed out, it's just uh, he's not going to help you. So uh, it sounds like he he likes uh, uh, likes the tight end, but uh, maybe maybe isn't as high on Braden Willis as he is on Cameron Latu. Yeah, Braden Willis is like uh, he's a hybrid tight end compared to compared to Latou. Latou seems right. more like a traditional tight end. Yeah. Because he doesn't wow you as much, but when you watch Brandon Willis, what does he do besides catch the ball? He'll block too, but you can use him as a fullback in different roles. He can be contributing on special teams. You can use him on the trickery play where he actually threw a touchdown pass. Yeah, they used uh, Oklahoma used him at, at quarterback in the Wildcat. So uh, for sure, you can use him all kinds of places. Uh, what do you think about Ronnie Bell? Because I liked this pick, but McLuhan wasn't as high. He said that he loves Ronnie Bell as a college player, but he doesn't love him as an NFL prospect. So what do you think about Bell? Ronnie Bell was a player that caught me by surprise. I didn't think he would be that available in the seventh round. So when I saw him became available, I'm like thinking he has to at least like, um, I mean, I, I seen some of his film. 
and watched a lot of the mission games, and there were some plays he made. So he is kind of a, a, a possession receiver. He's more of a, a, a lighter version and shorter version of Juwan Jennings. He'll make the tough contesting catches. He, he could be reliable on those third down plays. And mm-hmm. he's coming off an ACL injury, but he hasn't, it doesn't seem to affect him. So I think yeah. the last season, it was very productive. I think if he can develop into a re- the receiver we're hoping for, because I think Jennings is going to be good as gone next year. So right. I think you get somebody like Ronnie Bell. I don't know if he'll make the roster, but I think within the next year, if you stash him on the practice squad and then maybe by next year, he'll be ahead of the curve and actually become maybe the number three or number four receiver down the road. So Moses Martinez, uh, what's up CG? Like to ask your guest, what his opinion about the rookie DBs. I'm excited to see what they got. So, Oh yeah. Moses is the DB guru, man. That's my guy. So, uh, all right. So what do you think about the rookie DBs? The rookie DBs. So let's go on with uh, Jair Brown. I think he's a ball hawker. He, his forty time is what it is. It's it's overrated. I think he was. I think on his pro day he was clocking at four or five seven. So um, I think his uh, ball hawk skills is just natural. Like he just knows how to get the ball. He's in good position. He he seems more like a leader on the defense. And I know this comparison may be little off and i know some people may not agree with me but i see a little bit of ed reed in this game a little bit wow doesn't mean he's gonna be like that but if he can be as half as good as him if not closer then i'll be okay with it yeah he's probably not gonna have the kind of speed that ed reed had but uh but the way that he plays i I really uh I, i i'm pretty high on him McLuhan was high on him as well uh let's see he said he's going to show up in the run game he's going to show up on special teams he's going to show up on anything in front of him but anything deep is going to be an issue and he he talked about how in coverage if you're a step late uh, you're in trouble and how sometimes uh, jair brown can get his eyes in the backfield a little bit too much kind of the same thing that we heard about Talanoa Hufanga last season. So hopefully that's something that he can, can correct. What'd you like about, uh, do you like uh, any of the other? Uh, oh, Daryl, Daryl Luter. Yeah. Well, here's, here's a fun fact about Ed Reed before we get to that. He actually ran a four five seven, so he wasn't that fast either, but. Uh, so he must've just had great instincts and that's what they say speed. about Jair Brown. So uh, yeah, if you look at the tape, man, Brown does not look the the speed that he ran. He does There's not no. look that. He he looks a lot faster. Yeah, he does. But um, Daryl Luter. So that pick was caught me by surprise. You know, I thought when we were in a draft a cornerback, I was actually kind of pounding the table for Charvarius Hodges Tomlinson. Man, I was pounding the table for that guy. But so Daryl Luter just has some nice arm lengths. He has nice coverage. He played at South Alabama. Uh, I believe he ran a four four six, but um, he had five interceptions the last two seasons over there. Uh, I think he's kind of been like the best shutdown corner of that conference. And uh, this pick kind of reminds me more of, uh, you know, uh, Samuel Womack, the one we drafted last year that nobody didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. But I seen some tapes. I think I seen some film or like whatever the bowl game he was at. I think he was one of the guys that was making some noise there. And the Niners seem to really like him. He's about, what is it, six foot, 180 some pounds, 
they I've seen his uh I see he has nice long arms a little bit and his coverage skills like he's on point. So I think it's very I think oh, Steve Wilkes really likes this kid a lot. Yeah, and and that's that's the probably the perfect defensive coordinator for some of these young defensive backs. I don't know if you saw what uh, uh, Adam Peters said. Uh, Matt May or Matt Barrows interviewed him, and Adam Peters revealed that the 49ers landed two gold helmet prospects in this year's draft. They place gold helmets on prospects that they really, really like. And so the, usually these are some of their favorite players. And so the two uh, gold helmet prospects were Jair Brown and Braden Willis. Oh. And so speaking of Jair Brown, Adam Peters said they call him the voice because he was the voice of the defense. The energy. And it's not just what he says, it's how he plays. Like one of my notes was he plays every play like it's his last he plays really, really hard. So that's high praise coming from Adam Peters. And uh, of Braden Willis, he said, we loved his run after the catch rate. That was backed up by our R&D guys. He had the highest broken tackle percentage of all the drafted tight ends. That's really cool. And that sounds George Kittle, Debo Samuel-like um, that uh, that would fit perfectly in this offense. Uh, did, you, did you see his comments? What do you think about that? Oh, the comments of what Matt Barrow, Matt Miyoko said. Uh, what Adam Peters told Matt Barrows. Oh, Adam. oh, yeah, those players, you know, they do fit the characters. Like you look at um, Braden Willis. You know, the one thing I liked about the, the conference, what he was saying, he said that he rather enjoy blocking and knock some people down than actually <laughs> ball. Doesn't that kind of remind you of somebody who who said yeah, that? Right, George Kittle, yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> but then what really stood out to me was 31 teams are going to pay. That's just, I just think that's like one of the best, best words of motivation. Yeah. And I saw his, um, I saw the podcast, you know, and this, this has some motivation to him now. So he has a list of tight ends that were picked before him. Yeah. So Moses Martinez said, the one thing I love about Daryl Luter is he might not be fast, but if you look at his technique and footwork, that's what counts for me as a former DB. Yeah, that's that's huge. That's really important. Not everybody can be like Deion Sanders. So you have to have the footwork, the technique. Um, that's a great point. I think the way how Luter plays, he's on the perfect timing. Like he's in good position to deflect the ball or be in position to take the ball away. But, uh, yeah, you know, Jair Brown does have the leadership quality because he played at Penn State. Um, there's just a lot to like about him, but I think he slid a little further in the draft because everybody cared about his 40 time. Like, I just look at game speed, you know. Game mm -hmm. speed is what makes the difference. But uh, I think everybody's kind of concerned about how we're going to match up against speedy receivers. Didn't we just beat the Dolphins with their fast receivers and our safety only had maybe one or two mistakes and we still won the game? Yeah. yeah. I think it's all about execution. So as long as you get in a good position, you're fine. Right. Well, we've been talking about the uh, the draft pick. So to tomorrow starts the, the two-day rookie mini camp. So what are you hoping to hear uh, from the mini camp? So for rookie meeting camp, man, I just want to see which of the two tight ends is going to stand out. Which one's going to 
make a like who's gonna make a good impression? Is it gonna mm-hmm. be Cameron Latou or is it gonna be Brady Woods? Like which one's gonna make the most catches? Which one's gonna be more trustworthy? Because it will give me a better understanding. And then I wanna see what Jair Brown could do, you know? I wanna see what he can do just competing on the rookies because you know you get a better understanding and then go from there, you know. Yeah. I want to jump into the quarterback talk for just a second because Ian Rappaport has been busy talking 49ers quarterbacks um, over the last couple of months. And uh, he, you know, he was seemed to be, I don't know if he was being told things. He probably is being told things because I don't see him as the type to just kind of give an opinion that he's pulling, you know, out of a hat. But, uh, he, you know, he's talked like Sam Darnold is going to play it ahead of Trey Lance. In fact, in one of his comments, when he was saying that, he he mentioned Sam Darnold, he mentioned Brock Purdy, didn't even mention Trey Lance. But this week, he seemed to backtrack. So what in the world do you think is going on here? It, doesn't it seem like somebody's feeding him information? I mean, he's not just making this stuff up, right? I think he's just... I don't know, like, you know, I see a lot of these reporters trying to get info off the Niners, and I think they're trying so hard to, like, get the Niners to admit something. And they don't leak information. I told, I said this before to so many other content creators or other fans in general. I said, dude, we don't leak information. Where do you guys hear this stuff? Like, if it's not within the 49ers organization, if they don't tell you that this is true, then you're, you're kind of believing in the, the Fox News or the – CNN news stuff, you know, you don't want to hear the fake news stuff. So uh, I, I just think uh, Ian Rappaport is just digging, digging deeper. I think mm-hmm. he's trying very hard because you see a lot of these reporters like uh, Mike Florio and Chris Sims, they're still bitter by the fact that that it wasn't even Mac Jones that was the pick. I think a lot of these reporters are just very upset because they actually thought it was going to be Mac Jones. And I think they're trying so hard to say, oh, the Niners are going to move on from Trey Lance. Um, this is what I heard. This is why they signed Sam Darnold. This is what they got him for. Look at the last six games. Look what he did there. Oh, he's the greatest thrower since he's better than Montana. I'm like, where are we getting this information from? Like, we're, we're, It's like they're digging deeper. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you that the 49ers don't leak because when you look at some of the things like – like when they traded for Trent Williams, when they traded for Christian McCaffrey, when they traded up to get Trey Lance, um, when they did these big things, if you look at the big things that they did, those all came out of nowhere. So they weren't leaked. Um, and then they came true. Rather, it was stuff that uh, that we didn't see coming and out of nowhere it happened. So so yeah, I do agree with you that that they really don't leak. Sometimes I wonder if they plant some seeds when they want certain things out. You know, like you know, did they were they interested in trading Trey Lance, and and then it didn't didn't work out, and so now they uh, now they're building him up because did you hear what Kyle Shanahan said last night about Trey? Uh, said that his his finger injury from his rookie season in 2021 actually spilled over into last off season and was still affecting him last year to where he was uh, overcompensating for that. So it affected his delivery, his motion, 
but Shanahan said that he's now healed up from that, that his delivery, his motion looks like it used to look back when it was good. And in fact said uh, that Trey Lance looks better right now than he has at any point that he's been with the 49ers. Yeah, I've heard that reports from yesterday. I was just watching it, and Kyle was talking about how Trey has looked better than the previous years. So it's like uh, you get a lot of this stuff going on, and I don't think Niners had any attention to Trey Trey Lance because uh, it's a good idea to have a quarterback problem because Brock Purdy kind of showed that he could be a capable starter. But when you put all your chips on a guy like Trey Lance, you didn't just – swing defenses for this guy you mm-hmm. wanted him to be your franchise quarterback because in order to win the super bowl you got to have a quarterback who could do more than just manage the game trey lance has those type of uh potentials to be that it factor but we just haven't seen it and i i don't know why certain i don't know why half our fan base are just giving up on this kid i don't understand it i'll never will i feel like you need to give it more games before we come into conclusion and it's just like you know i don't even waste my energy with those guys as much anymore i try to like distance myself a little bit and then some of them get upset because i have a different opinion but i'm like i guess you can't all agree with everybody so i try to stay out of my lane with them yeah it's way too early <clears throat> Sorry to call him a bust. I I put out some stuff today, uh, you know, based on what Kyle Shanahan said, and and I had multiple comments come in that Trey Lance is a bust, and and these were 49ers fans, and yep. So it's like it's like how can you say that after after just four games or whatever he's played? He hasn't even. I mean, has he even played four full games? I guess uh, I guess he's played three and a half. With and the then, injury, and yeah. then a little bit of that Seattle game. So, so yeah, that's uh, it, it's it's been nut. I, I would love for the quarterback situation in San Francisco to calm down, so we can see uh, who our quarterback's going to be, and just all get behind them. So, I want to close out with this: the uh, schedule, the NFL schedule, comes out in uh, a little over thirty minutes, and so. Throughout the day, things have been leaked here and there. So we know that the 49ers, or we're hearing that the 49ers are going to host the Giants in week three, that they're going to play the Cowboys. They're going to host the Cowboys on October the 8th on Sunday night football, that they're going to travel to Seattle on Thanksgiving. Uh, They're going to allegedly play uh, Baltimore on Christmas Day. They're going to be in Philly on December the 3rd. What are you what are you hoping to see from the schedule and what do you what do you think uh, it's gonna look like? The schedule seems more like it's gonna be very interesting because I guess previous seasons, like the last two seasons, everybody questioned our competition, like, oh, we had the easiest schedule the last two years. This is ranked 15 strength schedule, so this should be very interesting to see how good we are. I mean NFC West, it seems wide open unless the Seahawks don't make a step further. I mean, you got the Rams coming off an injury. We don't know what they're going to be right now. Um, this, like you play the Giants. The Giants are a little bit of a better football team. They're getting better on paper. Uh, we've seen what the Cowboys could be. They are a mm-hmm. talented football team. No ifs and buts about it. I mean, if you look into the schedules, those are going to be some good primetime games, especially – 
There's going to be a couple primetime games I'm definitely going to tune into, but I heard some rumors that I don't know if this is true, but it's been linked that we might play the Seahawks on Thanksgiving in Seattle. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, that was one of the ones that I mentioned that uh, that that I've seen. I also saw that uh, that it looks like they might be opening the season uh, in the Eastern Time Zone against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. So that'll be an interesting opening game. So so yeah. Uh, a lot of this is speculation. Some of it's being leaked. Some of it could just be rumors, but in about 30 minutes, we're 35 minutes or so, we're going to know exactly where they're going and who or when they're hosting. And because we already know where they're going and who they're hosting, but it's just a matter of when, when and how yeah. the schedule lines up, how many primetime games they have. Hopefully, if they are playing on Thanksgiving, hopefully that's the only time they play on Thursday night uh, because I just hate, I hate when they have a short week like that. It just never seems to, uh, yeah. to work out real well for the 49ers you know, on the injury front. So yeah, I'm hoping that that doesn't uh, happen. It's happened with us a lot over the years and I don't know why Shadowhead doesn't find ways to improve it. I mean, um, there's just a lot of it, but uh from looking at the schedule, I think we have the second most miles on our yeah. schedule. And I think yeah, Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's always going to be the case for these West Coast teams. But, uh, hey, CG, thanks so much for joining me. Tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Definitely appreciate it, uh, Mark. Um, yeah, for everybody else, man, if you want to check out the 49ers content, just look at CG Ruthless 49ers Talk. You want to follow me on Twitter, CG Ruthless One. Um, if you just like all the entertainment stuff, that I have a main channel that has wrestling and other topics. So uh, it's CG Ruthless Sports. So you can't go wrong with either channel because I keep separate for the Niners channel and then I keep it for the sports entertainment. So nice. you guys are more than welcome to check it out. But hey, shout out to Mark Adams for putting some good articles. And I'm very honored to be on the show. So Definitely go My check pleasure. them out and go subscribe them. Hey, hey, why you said your your Twitter is at CG Ruthless One? Does did somebody steal CG Ruthless before you had a chance? It, actually, I actually had an account hack, so I had oh, okay. A, I couldn't get into it, and I I guess somebody hacked my Facebook, and it was connected on my Twitter, so <laughs> I, I couldn't get say, it. If somebody took CG Ruthless before you had a chance to have it. That makes you big time because <laughs> nobody's taking my stuff. So uh, I don't have to. I don't I've had some trolls. With... I've had yeah. some trolls use my name before. So it's like they try to use me to make me look bad. Yeah. Well, that happens. Like I, I had somebody uh, one time when I wrote something for 49ers Web Zone, somebody told me that I need to kill myself. So <laughs> you never know uh, the morons that are out there. Oh, oh yeah, dude. You, if you've ever received like 20 inbox of death threats, man, it's just, I just laugh at it and just not even bother. That's like, crazy. Ah. Yeah. No, I haven't had that. But, uh, but sorry, that's happened to you because there's some crazy people out there. But, uh, but hey, man, thanks so much for joining me. And thank you for watching. Uh, go subscribe to the 49ers Camelot Show wherever you watch or listen. And go check out the CG Ruthless uh, 49ers Talk podcast. Uh, he does great work over there. Everybody yeah. have, a great, uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy uh, what you hear from the 49ers minicamp and that schedule that's going to come out here very soon. Yeah, peace. You want Bruce?